Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. There's no place like home. With your family around you, you're never alone. Welcome to episode 227. <laughs> uh, well, stay tuned for, at some point in the first season of Rescue Bots, when we encounter one of the stars of 227. J- Jack A. Harry? Yes. I'm not. She's a, she's a, she's a, she's a robots in disguise guest villain. I'm not familiar with this 227 thing. Uh, she was also the mom on Sister Sister. Is it Canadian? No. No, it was American. It's just from like the early 80s, I guess. Uh, they were uh, 85 to 90. It starred Marla Gibbs as Mary Jenkins, a sharp-tongued inner-city resident gossip and housewife, and lower-floor neighbors Sandra Clark and Pearl Shea. Uh, Sandra Clark was Jack A. Harry, who plays a villainous Decepticon B-Lady. <gasps> oh! Oh! Is the one from Robots in Disguise? Yes. Oh, oh. I saw that episode! Yeah. That was, that was, that a was good pretty episode, great. Yeah. And, that was uh, also, definitely very strong in the Decepticons as furries thing, though. But that's okay. It was also in the... Wait, are they making a Gundam reference? Because isn't she like Zissa? Yes. She is Zissa. Something like that. Which And there is a Gundam... Well, not a Gundam. It's a Zeon unit called Zissa. That's a giant yellow missile weapon system. Huh, maybe. Uh, I thought it was just kind of like, like that's a noise a bee makes. Well, that too. Anyway, you also may know Jackie Harry from uh, that time on Twitter. She talked about the time she uh, slept with, she unknowingly slept with Eartha Kitt's boyfriend and was subsequently slapped around by Eartha Kitt. <laughs> Ooh, damn. <laughs> that's, that's both unfortunate and also pretty cool. I mean, that, that's a hell of a story. Yeah. You know, once your, once your yeah. face heals. <laughs> yeah. With all the claw marks down. Oh, man. So yeah, uh, today's episode is You've Been Squilched. Which, which, wait, is it squil? Squ- oh, squilched, damn it, I wrote it down where I just wrote squished. I believe Netflix has it as squished. Yeah, I wrote down okay, squished too doing. because I was going off of the text on the, on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix? Next thing you know, they're going to be editing out the porn. Yeah, so if the show notes, if this episode's labeled something different, it's because I didn't catch it when I was labeling the files. Whoops. That was a a big thing with uh, Back to the Future 2, I think it was, recently. Oh, no. uh, Yes. And also uh, Splash, because they hilariously extended Daryl Hannah's hair to cover her butt, so she has a weird hair butt. Apparently, yeah, maybe she has a ponytail. Netflix now? does not do that stuff. Actual it's ponytail. whatever studio sends them the actual. So, like, they had accidentally yeah. sent them a copy of that Back to the Future movie that had been edited for some particular market, and apparently, after that, they destroyed all those versions. Yes, they're like, no, we want the dirty magazine in the almanac. Alright, so this episode first aired uh, July 10th, 2012, uh, written by Thomas Pugsley, who previously wrote uh, the animated episode Human Error Part 2, mm-hmm. and also written with his frequent writing partner Greg Klein. 
And uh, they've written for a lot of 90s and aughts cartoon shows, including that Mummy cartoon, which apparently exists. <laughs> yes, it keeps coming back. Greg Klein. Why does Greg Klein... That name rings a bell for something else. Oh, Extreme Ghostbusters? Extreme Ghostbusters. Ben 10. Okay. Ben, yeah. yeah, a lot of Ben 10, a lot of, uh, a lot of that Starship Troopers cartoon. Ooh. Oh, I, I kind of forgot that was a thing. I think it was Clancy Brown on that. Yeah. It feels maybe. like a show he would be on. You know... Yeah, he would be, like... Superior officers. I need maybe. to start a podcast a that's just me talking about random weird things I found on Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we could definitely talk about it, uh, the Wraith for an hour. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, I could. It's so eighties. It's so incredibly eighties. I mean, we could do like a Wraith minute. It's like it. It checks off all <laughs> Ooh, the yeah. all the boxes. Almost, but I don't want to. All the bo- it's got the custom. The, like, special concept car. It's got Charlie Sheen. Uh-huh. It's got a Stan Bush song in it. It takes place in the Southwest. The, the desert, the desert, question mark. Uh, it's got uh, Clint Howard with hair. Too yes. much hair. <laughs> Too much hair, <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm already playing this out of my head. Secret Loser. The the Wraith Minute. <laughs> I oh I I had considered at some point like trying to do a minute podcast of something, but I thought no, I don't really want to do that about anything. Nothing really deserves it. That does even Transformers the movie. No, because there were just yeah, we were talking about there would be some minutes that would be great, but some minutes would be eh, whatever the, the song. I think someone's play. already doing it for Transformers the movie. I think that's being done. Oh okay. <laughs> All right, so we are, yes, uh, so we open with the Burns family. They're playing basketball. The Autobots are not playing with them. So we do not get a, a repeat of the uh, Generation 1 scene where Optimus Prime asks Spike if he's drooling properly. Oh, I love every time in G1 where they try to play sports. It's great. That, uh, that one episode where Blitzwing tries to uh, get strategy advice from a football coach. That episode has all oh, that the best, so like, one-liners and two-liners. It's just got the best dialogue. That's where there's the part that I constantly think what? of regarding modern-day politics, where <laughs> Starscream is asserting that he knew nothing about the Triple Changers' plan to, to backstab them all, and Megatron goes, you're either lying or you're stupid. <laughs> And he goes, I'm stupid! I'm stupid! I mean, I think that episode is just as dumb as almost every other Generation 1 episode, but it's aware of its dumbness. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's got so many good lines. But yes, part of it is just Blitzwing's whole thing with the football stadium, and then Astro Train is off trying oh, to get yeah. a bunch of subway cars to listen to him, and oh, I love that episode Oh, and so they, much. they make a Mount Rushmore with their faces. <laughs> it's so amazing. 
Is it wait? Is it is that the one where they also like build a throne out of Autobots? Yes. Yes. Oh, that. Uh, at some point, we'll have to rewatch that episode. It's one of the only. Epi- <laughs> it's one of only two episodes where Skids gets a line. <laughs> it's that, and, and he- I want to say Quest for Survival. Yes, uh, with the with the, the robot plant monsters. Yes, the robot plant monsters that they have to send the Insecticons into. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, they're all playing basketball, and Cody is blatantly cheating because he's wearing anti-gravity sneakers. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's not fair. That Which just makes me think fair. of my youth spent playing uh, NBA Jam. <laughs> is wait, it, wait, is wait. it the shoes? There are stories of Rob playing video games? What? Oh, uh, at friends' houses. Oh, okay. Uh, see, also, me spending most of my high school years getting murdered on GoldenEye. <laughs> they let me be odd job and everything. It didn't help. Aww. Aww. Well, the minute you're playing at friends' houses is the only way I ever played Sonic games. So That's why you need to do like I did and just only play video games with elaborate menus. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they get, uh, it, it's mail call time. And uh, Graham gets a letter from the Grimsky Technical Institute. So for a moment here, I was very confused because I was like, he is absolutely not like 18. <laughs> yeah, but but it's a, for a PhD, so he'd be 20. As it yes. turns out, it's for a, a graduate program. So that, mm-hmm. that makes more, more sense with, you know, the evident age of the character. <laughs> yes, and... Yeah, he's he's been accepted, and Boulder is immediately excited because I'm sure he's seen like a bunch of college movies, and he thinks that it's going to be like him and Graham playing pranks on the crusty dean. Oh, Aww. oh no! Oh no! He's I, a good boy. Robot house. <laughs> I kind of don't want any of these cinnamon rolls to have seen any like college comedy <laughs> movies. <laughs> so- Maybe PCU? <laughs> Anything older than that would be too creepy. I mean, maybe they they just would see, like, the edited for cable versions. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, there's only so much you can edit out of the original Revenge of the Nerds to save that. Well, I suppose. Weird oh, the, the, thing. This bra bomb better work, nerdlinger. <clears throat> That, that movie should be buried forever. <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, you can't take your robot with you when you go to uh, when you go to university. Although I'm sure, like, big robot on campus is somewhere <laughs> in the like Roger Corman slush pile. Wow, there, there have been so many versions of that. Like the, the Frankenstein. The, oh, was it, isn't there one with like a hunchback? Oh, that's not ringing a bell, unless it's one of those, uh, like, Disney direct-to-video sequels for The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, no, I... Where somehow about, it's, like, uh, it's like 18th century France, but also he's going to college. Well, no, not that <laughs> hunchback, just, like, a hunchback. That would or maybe be amazing. it was a Frankenstein. On- I have vague memories of things on USA up all night. Are you maybe thinking of School Spirit, which is the one where there's a ghost? Mm, could be that one too. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> I, I remember yes. a lot of bad college movies. As, as a general undead enthusiast, I I am in favor of this. But no, I mean, I, this would. I, I assume you know you'd have like a stop motion robot, or possibly a guy in a costume who's trying to fit in on campus. 
Ooh, yeah, depending upon what when when it was made, the costume would be really bad or just really stupid. I, I'm thinking like Andy Kaufman in Heartbeeps. <laughs> Ooh, that that's kind of like the best and worst choice at the same time. I mean, I don't know what your best case scenario is, like Bicentennial Man. Yeah, but the, again, that'd be too late. You or, I mean, you just put a guy in, like, silver makeup, comedy. like Data. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, big Data on campus. What is this thing called? Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure there must be some, like, Starfleet Academy thing that's uh, just him pulling a bunch of pranks with, like, a teenage Geordie and teenage Riker. Uh... Ooh, I have a new favorite Star War- or Star Trek AU. <laughs> Star Trek High School AU. Yeah. And, and Picard is the crusty old dean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, Omega House, I'm putting you on double secret probation. Worf is the big, dumb, like, football player one. Oh, like, he's like the jock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Riker is that guy who just, he's the guy who brings out a a guitar at every frat party, but instead of a guitar, it's a trombone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh. And he insists on referring to it as his bone. Why do we end up coming up with really good, really odd fan fiction ideas I want to see existing on this podcast? Uh, Anyway, so Transformers. (laughs) Uh, You can't bring your robot on campus. And so, you know, Graham's going to have to, you know, have to give it some thought because, you know, I I like hanging out with my family and my robot buddy here. But also, hey, Gramsci Technical Institute, they're... They're being so selfish, too. They're like, no, you can't. I mean, Chief Burns is being like, oh, well, it's an important decision to make. But all the robots are being like, no, he can't leave us. Yeah, he's being very dadly. (laughs) Oh, my God, you guys. Don't be so selfish. This is important. I wonder if Grimsky Technical Institute was, like, named after someone. Like, it's a reference to somebody the writer knew. I think it must be. It has to be, but I don't see any reference to that on the wiki, so whatever. No. But I... It's good that it's GTI instead of Gremsky Institute of Technology, because uh, Git would be a bad name for a school. <laughs> only in England. <laughs> yeah, only in England. I'm sure that's that, that's shown up in enough like British comedy series that that it's enough Eng- American people would get it. People have seen Monty Python. Fun fact: the the uh, one of the first. One of my first memories of encountering that particular uh, insults in uh, in something British was uh, from a Xerox of an article from a video game, from a British video game magazine about the actually turned out to be Vaporware Generation 2 SNES game, <laughs> uh, where they referred to Megatron as a git. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, this article must be British. So anyway, apparently Frankie has wired his cell phone into these sneakers because he gets a call and they end up flying him into the bushes. Weird. And yeah, it's Frankie telling him to, you know, get here immediately. So he gets there and apparently his, like, communication device also turns into a hoverboard. Yeah, like, it's, I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long for us to get a hoverboard in this series. (laughs) This, yeah, yes. that's fair. Like, it, it, it codifies and solidifies the Back to the Future referencing. Well, I was thinking Back to the Future, but I was also thinking that, you know, you can see anything from Lookout Mountain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he is kind of going up to an orange overlook machine. Huh. I was pretty sure Dare was about to start playing. 
Oh, that would, if it had been like an instrumental version of Dare, oh, that would have been so nice. But yeah, also just, the oh, Wraith yeah. being extremely eighties. There's a Lookout Mountain. Yes, there is. <laughs> there's some gratuitous nudity. Yes, there's well, it's an eighties movie, so yeah, absolutely boobs for no good reason. <laughs> Some and, sick and, car chases. And I was watching it at work, so I was like, eh, let's minimize this window for a moment. <laughs> You've all seen Twin Peaks, right, guys? It was, it was a Sunday, and there was literally, like, I was just in an abandoned old conference room by myself, <laughs> so no one was going to notice. But, you know, the cleaning lady might have come by. <laughs> anyway, so he gets there, and then is immediately pelted with mysterious green goo. Yes, green slime. Hey, he's on Nickelodeon. Yeah. What can it be? What is the reason? Time for Double Dare. Is this the end of all the breathing? It's just Nickelodeon slime. Is it something in your head? Or will you believe it when you're dead? <laughs> green slime. And everybody take a drink. <laughs> because uh, Rob did the inevitable of singing the blob theme. <laughs> that, no, that was that was the green slime theme. Oh, right, green slime. Notes, the blob theme. Beware of the blob; it creeps and leaps and glides and slides right, across the floor. Of bop. Yeah, I mean, it, as someone else described to me as sounding as if the blob were played by Mary Tyler Moore. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this is uh, Squilch, which, which is, is a weird uh, because name. It's well. It's, and see, because Doc Green uh, has never seen a horror movie, he decided to uh, start just extracted this green gelatinous compound from a sample taken from Mars, and decided, oh, I guess we'll just huck it at each other. Yeah, it's like presumably the government gave it to him. Otherwise, how he would he get this sample from Mars? Unless he sends his own rockets up to Mars, which is even more worrying if it's true. I, mean, I think he specifically says he got it from the Mars Explorer. So, okay. before it was destroyed by uh, Blackout, <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> it returned the sample. Yeah, yeah so. it was definitely like, this is not how you do science. None of this is correct science. No, it, None it, of this is. And also, at all. Ha- haven't you seen Species 2? Because this is how you get a species too, or any, or or the blob, or the green slime, or anything with a goo. Don't touch the goo. He's just like, hey, let's poke it. Let's just do things with it. Let's just huck it at each other. See what happens. Yeah, let's just throw it at small children instead of keeping it in a confined, <laughs> like glass cylinder. It's such uh, bad science. So, oh the. Uh, it, was this a, a prototype Rick and Morty episode? Like, the the scientific <laughs> discipline on display here is so low. It, it is kind of the same color as those uh, portals from the portal gun. What, yeah. It's also the same color as Flubber, which is your best hope in this situation. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it gets shocked with electricity because I guess uh, Doc Green also hasn't seen... Uh, short circuit or stealth? Ah, uh, stealth. Well, it, it's not a machine. It, it it's just a bio I, I, puddle thing that doesn't have a brain, but it does react. I feel like I mentioned at some point seeing one of the Star Wars prequels and getting a trailer for stealth, uh, and everyone in the theater just laughing at it. <laughs> 
Yeah, because like stealth is such a like it's an obvious thing, but it's like an obvious '80s cartoon episode plot. <laughs> that I'm I'm kind of surprised it wasn't an '80s movie. That it somehow it's just was day like of a the th- machines. That, yeah, it's day of the machines. Well, it, it's like you said, it's it's short circuit with a plane. It's. I mean, it's like if you crossed Short Circuit with Top Gun and also a Transformers movie. <laughs> yes. Or also, it, it reminded me a lot of um, oh, um, Across Plus with all the interesting stuff ripped out. So it's just a, an <laughs> AI plane and some pilots who have a beef with each other who have to fight it. And one of them dies during it. <laughs> one of them dies, right? Yeah, uh, Jamie Foxx, because uh, the black you can't have anything get between this, uh, this romance between these two attractive bland <laughs> white people. Which, well, again, Macross Plus. <laughs> Although there's a lot more complication in, in the backstory of the characters. It's really good and really great music. I recommend Macross Plus. Not stealth. <laughs> stealth bad. No, do not see stealth. No, one no see stealth. it's not good. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, it, uh, it gets shocked and then it, it starts to exhibit intelligence and also hunger. Mm, he wants it so bad he can taste it. It drives him mad to see it wasted. Need it so bad that it's burning me. Or something like that. Well, we've gotten oh, to the portion of my notes where it says, Rob sings the blob, but we've already done that. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the green slime theme, so I think you have to take two drinks. Yeah, yeah. I'll go oh, yeah. get my rum. <laughs> so so they, they're, they're chasing it around the lab. It absorbs a bucket of water, which makes it bigger. Also, while they're chasing it around the lab, there's this very fun sort of beepy science-y background music that, that I, I really appreciated. Yes. Also, I specifically put in my notes that Dot Green, they're like, you know, what, what does it do? And he's like, we have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Stop. Stop. But, but yes, there's some very good background music going on with this. So, so he has to call in Cade. Cade is very dubious because, uh, come on, it's a, it's a giant booger, but it turns out it is indeed a giant booger. <laughs> at least he's not accusing Chase of telling a joke. <laughs> On the other hand, at this point, I would just expect them to believe literally anything that came from Dot Green. Yes. Hmm. Like giant weasels, yeah, that's that checks out. Like, come on, we had a team of super intelligent, destructive lemurs. Yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, how how could you even not just assume that all of this was accurate and correct? Any ridiculous thing coming from Doc Green's laboratory is actually probably exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> So it, uh, so yeah, it's, it's rampaging through the town. Heatwave sprays it with water. That just makes it bigger. We know now that it absorbs fluids. Well, it, it also like sort of eats metal. At first it seems like it's attracted to metal in eating metal, but it just sort of absorbs it. But yeah, but water it converts and gets a lot bigger mm-hmm. by mass, which, okay, sure, whatever. But well, as we see, like it doesn't actually dissolve anything. Except for the water. Well, we don't know that yet, though, because uh, before Blades' horrified eyes, it devours Mr. Pettipaws. Which gave me such horror. (laughs) (laughs) I was upset. Um, like, for many reasons, like... It's not okay. Like, one, I just watched the color out of space. (laughs) 
So animal trauma was already in my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that, that's a really good movie. But as soon as I saw, it's like, oh, look, there's alpaca. Oh, no, there's a dog. <laughs> Get a stiff drink for that one. So and it and now it's headed to eat a bunch of children. Yes. So you know Chase has to you know you know disperse small children disperse, <laughs> and the the chief almost gets it, but Chase takes that bullet for him and gets devoured himself. <gasps> no. Well, while well, saying you you are hindering an officer of the law. Yeah. <laughs> And this is when they find out, well, at least he survives in because they get radio signal from him for a little bit. Yes. From inside. Yeah, so apparently he's in there with a bunch of squirrels that it ate. They say yeah. something about, like, there being air pockets in there, so... Yes. It's okay. It, it, sure. It, it is growing rather crowded. The squirrels are becoming restless. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just in there with a bunch of enraged squirrels. <laughs> yes. Mm. So Heatwave finally goes berserk. He, he goes Wolverine on this thing, which is, yeah. I mean, of course he goes Wolverine because he's Steve Bloom. Yes. Yes. And he just hucks a power line at it. Yeah. And that actually does shock it enough that it pukes up Mr. Pettipaws. Yes, Mr. Pettipaws, who comes out covered in Who is goo. goopy, but unharmed. There's a point where yes. the chief calls Doc Green and he's like, we don't know. Just don't get it wet. And the chief's. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Doc. Is so yeah, we, we resigned. <laughs> He's just like, uh, <laughs> it's just so done, and I loved it. It was so perfect. All right, so, when Mister Pettipaws comes out covered in goop, I had a flashback to another giant slime monster movie, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, because that happens in the movie, like. A bit of the smog monster oozes into a disco, scares the shit out of people, oozes back up the stairs, and left on the stairs with a puddle is a little kitty cat that goes meow real pitifully. <laughs> and 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 then Mr. Pettipaws does start trying to groom it off himself, and I'm like, nope, don't eat it, cat. No, don't don't ingest <laughs> it. We don't know what like Oh no. So, yeah. oh, it's gonna be like that cat from uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Vomiting up a tesseract. Uh. Yeah. So Heatwave is very upset about Chase. So yes. do I ship this now? Oh. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's a real odd couple pairing. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to ship anybody, it would have to be those two because they're the most adult of the group. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like shipping Wolverine and Cyclops. Yeah, which I mean, which is a thing. Kind of canon now, as it turns. Well, out. I'm not yeah. sure if they're doing anything with each other or if they're just sharing. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I feel would... I think it was sort of implied that there was also some of that going on as well, in some line of dialogue in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm still catching up on my backlog. I would think so. You know, you get in a law. They'd mess around once in a while. But I, Wolverine's open to a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, old. he's like 150 years old. He's, stuff happens. Yeah. yeah, you you uh, you try a lot of different things. Yeah, I I think that there was a a bit of dialogue to that effect at some point. So <laughs> anyway, sorry, but Heatwave is like really super upset about this, and I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, it's a teammate, so it does make sense. But yes, ship away. So, so it's it's now headed out of town, and it's heading down to, I believe, Old Town Road. No, I'm sorry, Old Canyon Road. <laughs> More singing? I actually haven't heard that song. I, I have, but it like went right back out of my brain, like most songs. Uh. I have to hear songs a lot of times before they stick. I was just hoping it's like, oh, they have to lead it towards an apple farm so it can eat apples and that'll kill it. Wait, what? Uh, you don't remember that episode of G.I. Joe, The Germ? Oh, I have wow. not seen that episode of G.I. Joe. What? It's killed oh, by amazing. apples? Wait, is it because an what? apple a day keeps the doctor away? Acid in the pits, the, the seeds inside an apple. Oh, you mean, oh, the, uh, the, the cyanide? Yeah, because there's not enough to, like, really cause... Ah, that much pain, but if it eats a whole apple orchard and my throat dies. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. Joining us now, uh, Super Dave Osborne. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, geez, I remember Super Dave. That's weird. Although, looking it up, I discussed the guy who wrote that episode was, wait, what's his name? Roger Slifer, which is oh. like, wait, I know Roger Slifer. And then I found out more reasons to know Roger Slifer. One, I know him because they named a god card in Yu-Gi-Oh! after him. <laughs> Slifer, I summon Slifer, the executive producer. <laughs> yes, and he's been used as, as a gag in various places because of that. Also, they named a Ghost Rider villain after him, Slifer the Fearmonger. Yes, he was like an old uh, like Marvel staff guy. Ooh. Yeah, so he gets around. I yeah. did not realize that. And I think he worked on the Transformers cartoon, and like one of the botcons that was in L.A. or something. He wasn't oh. on a panel, but he was in an audience, and like Bob Budiansky or somebody recognized him and said, "Hey, it's Roger Slifer." <laughs> <laughs> I guess everybody likes him. Good. He's got multiple things named after him. Oh, he was the associate producer of seasons two and three. Ah, okay. okay. And the writer for the Tommy Kennedy segments. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess someone had to write. Sure. I mean, it's not like that kid was improvising. Slifer, the patron saint of G two. Oh man, that's really cool. Neat. Anyway, so so yeah, he's he's gonna ambush him with a bunch of batteries. <laughs> so he has him eat the batteries, and in fact, it makes things worse. Yes, yes, it it is now powered up, and they're like, "But electricity did a thing before," which is where hey, we get we actually learn something in this episode. That's right, and and nobody. Yay, it's educational. Yeah. And nobody had to electrocute an elephant to teach us about it. Yeah. No, although that was one of the first things that popped into my head when we learned about the difference between alternating current and direct current. It's like, oh, they're going to kill us like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yeah, it turns out that alternating current is bad for it, but direct current, good for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, those batteries are direct current, so it is now supercharged. And now it is headed for the pool. Headed for the pool? It's, it wants to become the pool. <laughs> yeah, because they get there and nobody's there. It, but the pool looks like, really green. Yes, and if we knew that people weren't okay in this, this would be extremely upsetting. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, they it, get there and they're like, huh, it looks like everyone left. And also the pool is <laughs> filled with green jello. Oh, Except no one actually even notices that the pool is filled with green jello for a good, well, like, I th- moment. Yeah, Kate says, oh yeah, gee, boy, they, they sure have cleaned this pool in a while. Why, <laughs> it looks almost the exact shade of the 
uh, amorphous green goop that we've been chasing all over town. Also, when they're say, well, it's slightly different. When they're they're talking about they're they're contacting Dot Green about the electricity thing, and apparently, you know, I've I've talked in this episode about his his poor science procedural skills. Apparently, he just doesn't actually take notes. He just yeah. <laughs> doesn't write anything down. He's like, oh yeah, I noticed that, but I just sort of forgot about it. <laughs> oh my god. And now I'm thinking- He's like, so bad at science. At some point there has to have been a monster movie or something that involved a goop monster that was a pool, but I'm blanking on the possibility of what it was. I think that may have happened in that 80s blob remake. Yeah, Maybe. That was good, but I va- I have so vague memories of that. Other than a couple of, like, oh, we're fighting a blob, and the very end of it, where there's a preacher ranting and there's a chunk in a jar. But- so, yeah, it, it's a good thing Cade is not in an actual horror movie, because he would be a skeleton dissolving in the squillish at this point. <laughs> I am kind of surprised, considering how this episode goes, that it didn't just goop him up anyway. Yes. I mean, it should have. Just get him. So there's a... So yeah, they're trying to figure out how, you know, how to stop this thing. And Graham and Boulder have a little heart to heart at some point about him leaving. And, uh, you know, Boulder said, you know, he'd be very disappointed because of, you know, think of all the things I would ne- never, you know, even though I'm very smart because I'm a robot from space, I'll think of all the things I would never have learned about without you, like fondue. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. Which is an argument for experience over education that, is dubious, but then again, how often do people get PhDs and end up with jobs using their PhDs? Yeah. I know enough people that that has not happened to, so... <laughs> then you teach. Hey, if you're lucky. So anyway, they use the, they use the, the power cables from the, uh, from, from the pool to, uh, to short circuit this thing. It pukes up everybody. Swimmers, Graham, Chase, or well, sorry, uh, squirrels. squirrels, and and Boulder, who dove into the thing with the power cables. Engineering heroes, good That's job, right. good job at the engineering. Yes, and, uh, and they're the goop insulated them from the electricity. Yes, by being electrocuted by the electricity. Sure, we need an ending to the episode, and, and the now, science in this episode is questionable to begin with. And now we're at the end of an episode of Double Dare. <laughs> and, and and Chase says he's okay, but it seems there's gelatin residue I will have to remove in private. <laughs> oh, Chase. Oh. And this, there's a big, I, I mentioned in a previous episode, getting the, like, big prime music, the big Brian Tyler, Steve Jablonski swell. And they do it at this point, and it's kind of silly because the, you know, it's just a bunch of slime. But yes, you get your big impressive music swell. <laughs> so yeah, Kate is uh, Kate is hosing all of the goop off Boulder, and then Cody has come with uh, he he drops in with uh, a a, a squilsh powered lava lamp nightlight. <laughs> For, uh, for Graham to use at school. I mean, there Which was a point like previously a when he, he was holding it, when Dot Green was holding it, I'm like, that's just a goddamn lava lamp. Yeah. Yes. That is just a lava lamp. But now it is. They they have <laughs> lamp shaded, so to speak, that it is just a lava lamp. And uh, believe it or not, this is going to be a plot point considerably later on. Mm-hmm. Callbacks. 
Well, if you're keeping around dangerous goo that expands, I mean, it is an idea that should come back at some point. If you're not sending it back to Mars. <laughs> yeah, get, get this, just shoot this stuff back to Mars before it eats civilization. Yeah. yeah. Please leave it on a planet that has no water. And document things next time. Like, actually yes. write down some notes. Come on. Yes. Please. And, and also, maybe just don't huck it. Have people, have your, your daughter huck it at people. Yes. Don't just throw it at people. Stop. <sighs> but hey, it, Graham is not going to need it at school because he's decided he's going to stick around. And he'll he'll just take courses from there uh, via Zoom, I guess. Yeah, he'll he'll be taking online courses. It'll be he calls it the VidCom, and I'm like, yep. you mean Skype? Well, it was uh, eight years ago. Yeah, 2012. I'm not sure if if we had uh, Jetson's video call technology yet. Not stable enough. No, not really. But I mean, he does make a very good argument. It's not just that, oh, he's going to stay here. It's that he specifically is going to stay here because he's got, like, awesome alien buddies to learn things from that he, Mm -hmm. you know, would be the sort of knowledge that he might not even get at an accredited institution of learning. Because it's just boring human learning. It's not cool alien learning. So I guess that's a fair argument. And yeah, so that so that is the episode, and uh, I enjoyed this one. I you know I enjoy the goofier uh, sci-fi premises of this show. Yeah, the the um, lack of scientific discipline is worrying, but it's it's a slime monster episode. Those are always fun. Very concerned <laughs> by the lack of scientific discipline, but yes, it was a, a charming episode. <laughs> Still, I mean, maybe, maybe Heatwave just likes an excuse to go off about anything. So, but, but still, he was very upset. But yeah, it was, it was a good episode. The, the absolutely ludicrous approach to science is part of the fun. Huh. So, uh, I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. <gasps> Time for more Kiku Sentai Gogo 5! This week, a total defeat! That's a promising <laughs> title. Um, oh no. After the defeat, um, what was it? Zilfius, his defeat last episode, he's like, alright, we gotta get our shit together. I'm getting my Hades deck of his strongest monsters, pulling three cards, three cards out, so we're summoning three monsters at once. That's cheating. So he summons. Uh, Zodo, Guru, and Jean, they all have an extra vowel syllable in their names. Mm-hmm. And for, they don't really have a visual theme, like one's sort of a knight, one's sort of like an Egyptian bird guy, and another is a big ogre with muscles and a hunchback. But they all have, like, small angel wings on their back, which is odd. Like, they're, they're itty-bitty angel wings, like they're cherubs, but... It plays into the episode where they pull wings out, throw them gently into the wind, and they end up becoming explosives at sunset. When the sun goes away, they just blow up. As you do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The rangers in this episode are going to the birthday party of a baby uh, named Tatsumi, who was named after their family because they rescued his mom while she was giving birth. 
So they give him blocks, and that's cute. And as they're leaving, a little feather floats in the window, and the baby picks it up. His little one-year-old baby has a feather bomb. There will be death at sunset. There will be explosions. And as the episode goes on, yes, trying to fight three stronger-than-average monsters at once, the five rangers can't defeat them, and they're bragging. It's like, ha, if you can't defeat... If you defeat us by sunset, our little explosive feathers will not explode. But the rangers can't do that. They just keep fighting and fighting and not succeeding, and their weapons don't work, and... It is inconvenient that they got an upgraded attack weapon last episode, which has to be just brushed off in a really quick scene where they don't really even hit the bad guys with that, so they have to fall back to their bird laser gun for <laughs> most of the fight, which doesn't work, because at one point, like, the bad guys... One ranger is holding each of them, and the other two rangers fire their gun, but then the, the monsters just throw the rangers at the beam, and they explode. So it ends up they lose. They can't defeat them by sunset. The city starts exploding. The mother had been rushed because, like, they they called their father and he managed to get it on the news that oh, don't touch these feathers, they're gonna blow up. So the mother's running home, throws the feather out of the window, cut to explosions. The city's on fire, and then there's a report like, oh no, her apartment building blew up, implying that this episode kills a mother. And an infant, which I really doubt they're going to go through with to the next episode because it's a two-parter. Oh, no. But the, the implication that a baby blew up, evil wins, good is dumb, and then the rangers have to run away out of their morphed power suits just in their, like, normal civilian gear, which is a orange fireman's jacket. They're running away at night, in the dark, in the rain, angry and crying and sad and screaming at the heavens. They've had to split up so that the monsters can't chase them. All this breaks the formula, and that is why I love Sentai. <laughs> like, it's so formulaic that you get the repeated episodes, a children episode, or it's ranger-specific episodes, but when they break formula, it's delicious. It's so good. <laughs> At the end of every episode, it says, like, mission complete when they defeat a monster. This episode, mission incomplete. They didn't use the robot. <laughs> Breaking formula. I love this shit. It's so good. Because <laughs> the good... It's, it's weird to be happy that the good guys lose. But that, as Jen probably knows, is when fiction gets fun. Yes. When the bad it's when stuff when it gets happens. interesting. Yes. It's Power Rangers, Super Sentai. It's lighthearted. It's for kids. But this takes a dark turn. Like, shit gets real. As you're watching the sunset go down on in these beautiful scenes of the sunset, these close-up, it's ominous as the sun is getting lower and becoming just a sliver. And it gets dark. And the rain as they're crying and screaming at their loss. And the potential that this infant named after them blew up <laughs> oh oh it's so Just good killing babies man that's when it gets real serious that's up there with killing the comic relief ah. like i mean that that's the oh raising the stakes but that it's implied in the episode that the rangers find out this baby's probably dead Oof. that's heavy that's that is heavy man that's some hardcore shit yeah great episode 
All right. Oh, so oh, oh. I keep I keep forgetting to mention that like actually it's maybe it's a month ago now. I actually bought the DVD of this Ooh. series because I got tired. Like it kept happening that like watching it on the Shouts website it works fine most of the time unless I'm trying to watch the episode right before recording. <laughs> that's when my internet goes screwy. Oh. So I bought the DVD set. So now I have eight seasons of Super Sentai on DVD, of which I finished none. <laughs> I'm half. I'm well. I'm going you're, to be you're, halfway. Th- you're savoring them. Well, no, I'm halfway through this one. I was halfway through uh, Zoo Ranger, the original Power Rangers, and it just I just stopped watching it for a bit because it. Oh, the the kid friendly episodes in that are. Really tough. <laughs> but I should get back to that one at some point. And I have a bunch of others I've been meaning to get to. Especially Jetman, which is the series that was before Power Rangers, before mm. uh, Zoo Ranger, which is really good and dark. Mm. Well, for a Power Rangers, anyway. Right. Or Super Sentai. Anyway, go. All right. So uh, that is it for us this week. But we'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots. Until then... You can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. And every month we do a special Patreon-only episode where we talk about, well, when there's movies, we talk about new movies. Uh, we have been going through the series Kimono Friends, uh, and various other fun holiday things and just interesting specials. Uh, oh, yeah. We're will, in June now. Oh, no. Yes. We will possibly be finishing Kimono Friends unless, like, tomorrow they announce that Black Widow is dropping on Disney Plus immediately or something. <laughs> yeah, which is unlikely. Plus, it's, it's a big cliffhanger. Like, it's a cliffhanger that was one week apart when you were watching it live. And Rob has had to sit an entire month without knowing how it ends. It's true. Killing me. Same, yeah. I, I watched yeah. ahead when we did Gridman, but I haven't watched ahead for this one. Oh, I thought you had. No. Okay. Oh, nobody else knows. Oh. 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 Ah. It's going to rip at your heartstrings. Oh, man. I'll try to remember not to watch it on an overnight shift at work. <laughs> That's fine. No one will be there to see my crying. So yeah, join us next week when it's time for the final countdown. Also, no Um, one was there. Just like no one else was there to see Sherilyn Fenn's boobies. Oh, good. (laughs) So until next time, I'm Beware the Rob. I'm just Jen. I'm kind of boring. I am David versus the Smog Monster! Godzilla versus Head David? (laughs) 